Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I'm about to drop a bomb. No. Give me a drum roll. Give me a drum roll. If this is about Bunny, I'm hanging up. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in the best year ever, 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in a less best year, 1974. All right, guys, a little bit of housekeeping this morning. Uh, We want to thank everyone who has signed up for our Patreon service. Um, If you haven't yet, it's patreon.com slash Gen X. This is why. And we have two levels there, uh, ride or die in hero mode. And you get bonus episodes. Two so far, but if we hit a certain goal of a couple hundred patrons, we're going to up that. So we're that's two building the community. Two per month, two per month, yeah. and they could be anything. They could be blockbusters. They could be um, time capsule. They could be a bonus little house or something maybe that we're trying out. Jenny, I sure will find a way to torture me. We're going to try some stuff out because it's a, it's our safe, it's our safe space. space. So we just want to thank those of you who joined so far at um, our ride or die level, of course. And then we have a few people who've joined at hero mode and they are Amy B. Oh, that's like my name. There's a lot. Oh, of that's not yeah. you though. Cause you're not signed up. As right. hero Amy mode. B. Suzanne H. Jennifer M. Otherwise known as KP. Amy F. Stacy, <laughs> they got Stacy's in there because <laughs> if she wasn't listening to this shit, it would be completely. God knows what kind of information people would be getting. Kimberly B and Misty W, thank you guys so much, and of course to all of our ride or dies, you guys keep the lights on. So thanks again, and again, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's Patreon.com/slash GenX. This is why. Okay, let's get into it, Jen. Today we continue our look at Walnut Grove with Little House on the Prairie, Season 3, Episode 10, The Hunters. Directed by Michael Landon, I might add. Jen? The description reads, Despite being a bit too young, Laura convinces her father to help sweet-talk Caroline into letting her accompany him on a hunting trip. Laura delights in this rare one-on-one time with Charles, and everything is going beautifully until she accidentally knocks over his loaded gun. With her beloved father very close to death, Laura must find help on her own. Okay, a few things right up front. Number one, this episode was too long. 
Well, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, it was an hour and 10 minutes, and it could have been 45 minutes. Yeah, there was a lot that you could have cut out of this. And the writer is a new writer. <laughs> Again, for every episode, they have a different writer. Harold maybe Swanton. they're doing like, maybe they're doing like an MFA program. Like they let the MFA graduates write. I feel like it would be better if they did that. I think they just, I think writers just keep quitting after working with director Michael Landon. Maybe. This was quite the downturn after the high of Bully Boy. <laughs> was Bully Boy's a high though for the people of Walnut Grove? For the melodrama. <laughs> for it us, was. it was a high. I don't think Holy it was a high. Shit. It's, a little high. it's been a shitty year in Walnut Grove. Oh my God. Okay, Jem, we open up on Laura. It's late at night. She's gazing out the window. So she's, super weird. She's watching Pa in the drama barn. Then she decides she's going to go talk to him, and she stuffs her stockings in her shoes to give her a little height. Is that and what she, that's about? Yep, and she and oh she God. pokes up her nightcap to a point, a la Coneheads. <laughs> I almost shut it off at this point and said, I'll just fake that I watched it during this recording tomorrow. And Mary's shitting all over this. And Laura's like, let me go. I'm going to the barn. For good reason. This is dumbass. (laughs) Charles is doing some, I wrote, metal shaping. He's making bullets. In the barn. Okay. I didn't know what he was doing. Laura tells him, Jen, that she's bigger, that she's grown another inch, and she wants to go hunting with him. And bottom line, she bugs the shit out of him till he relents. Well, and he does some gender stuff there's a lot there's a gender gender argument (laughs) oh god it's bad jen charles is wearing a flannel shirt here but it's blue and gray it's not the shirt well i don't think he would wear the shirt mary got him to make bullets he probably would (laughs) wear that to church maybe okay later in bed charles asks caroline about going hunting with him and caroline's resistant she doesn't want laura encouraged to be a tomboy oh my god i was like no 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 no, no, nope. And here's what I have. Here's what I have. C and C get real stuck on gender stereotypes. Oh my god! Wow. Don't encourage that tomboyness. But then they talk about how she's going to be a woman soon, and they 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 talk about that like it's a death sentence, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's going to be imprisoned in womanhood soon. Like let her let her live her life right now. This I was enraged. I was like ready to shut it off. It was hard. The hard fifteen minutes was hard to get through uh-huh. at the beginning of this. Charles says Laura will be a big help. And I wrote, if by a big help, he means she'll shoot him. Sure. <laughs> well, but I love how Charles can suddenly cook for himself. I, I have a note when on that. He used to have to bring Carolyn. Well, and then Charles does the dick move of saying to Caroline, well, if you don't want her to go, you tell her now. That's a dick parenting mode. But she's saying no. Like he's saying yes. I don't know. I didn't like it. Like if your opinion, if your opinion as a parent, I'm not a parent, so I'm just like flying by the seat of my pants here. But if I was like, yeah, you can do it. And the other parent was like, no, then yeah, they should be the but one. But I to feel say like no. it's something again, I don't want to get too weighed down in this here, but I feel like Charles wasn't a hundred percent on board with this. Laura. So he just, him. he doesn't really want to do it. He just wants Carolyn to be the bad guy. I think so. Like if it was something he was like, I definitely want this, then right. fine. But, like, if you're lukewarm about it anyway, dude, yeah. just make it a, a joint. And decision. secretly, he do, he doesn't want, he he's kind of against it, but he just doesn't want to deal with Laura. Right. All right. So, she's going to go. And, Jen, the next day, we learn Edwards is opposed to this idea. And I wrote, 
Jenny, this is your man. Come and get your boy. Come I was and get your boy. very disappointed, <laughs> Mr. Edwards. Yeah. I was very disappointed, Mr. Edwards. Holy shit. Okay, I have some verbatim here. He says, first of all, Laura's in the back of the wagon. Charles and Edwards are having this conversation. Because Mr. Edwards is dropping them off at their hunting spot. Because he's schlepping some seed around. <laughs> and Edwards, they're having this conversation right in front of Laura. Yeah. So Edward says, it's risky to take a woman hunting, hunting, hunting. And Charles says, but Half Pine isn't a full grown woman yet. And Edward says, quote, it don't make no difference. A female's a female, big, little, or in between. It's bad luck. Jenny, come and get your boy. Oh, my. Is it bad luck, Mr. Edwards, because their periods attract bears? <laughs> and then again, he goes into some casual racism and i just can't it's unreal it's like i was just like who wrote this they don't even know i mean you know they're these are frontier guys so like i'm sure the, the character's accurate but i'm sure it's pretty accurate they don't, they don't you know you don't see that with charles right. and, and we, edwards through the series and we don't want to perpetuate that yes, by in 1970s yes so, thank right. you so Edwards is dropping them off and he tells Charles he'll pick them up right here at noon. Why do I feel like that deadline won't be met? <laughs> <laughs> and Jen, what's he singing as he rides away? Oh, that's a stupid song, I'm sure. Did he fry his brain? Uh, yeah, like we both know so. people who have smoked enough weed to have fried their brains. I think he right? like did some drugs that like formaldehyde or something. I don't know, whatever they found then. Maybe that really was turpentine in the yeah. rum shack. <laughs> <laughs> wow man he is like that's the only song he knows i mean it's a possible i mean there wasn't really radio yet so maybe he just had one record and that was it maybe <laughs> charles okay so charles and laura set out and he takes her straight up a huge mountain that she's really struggling to get up and then she falls can't figure out why her pack is so heavy. Motherfucking Edwards put a goddamn boulder in I it. I thought that was pretty funny. And I wrote, okay, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, and then she takes it out and she's like sprinting up the hill. And I'm like, this is the equivalent of when my trainer makes me do like 20 pound weights for a certain exercise for like four weeks. And then she's like, yeah, do, do more reps with like 10 pound now. And it yeah. feels like you can launch off to the moon. Like you're just like, this is nothing now. It's kind of like after you have a baby. No, I don't know that one. Or you get divorced. You're just okay. like, whoa, there is a weight off of me. I mean, I don't think it was an existential weight on Laura. I think it was an actual weight, but okay. Later that night at camp, Charles is cooking, and I did write, wait, he didn't bring his chef. What's going yeah, on? Suddenly here? he can cook. Like, he can cook for himself and Laura when he wants to. Well, I think he can, Jen, but if you remember Carolyn's words, she said he doesn't like to. Of course he doesn't like to. Who likes to cook? Right. Yeah, that's foreign to us. Okay, Laura tells Charles how much she loves being with him. Just the two of them, without the loser, Mary. <laughs> Then things get weird when Laura starts <laughs> talking about how little, when she was little, she thought she would marry Paul. Oh, boy. And then she also thought she could grow up to be a boy. Is she struggling with her identity here? Maybe. A and incense. Incense. Incest. Oh, incest. <laughs> I think Paul, like, this would have been a nice time for Paul to talk to her about, you know, you can grow up to be a boy. Yeah, if you want to. I feel like that would have been way ahead of everyone's time. The well, it would 
me so maybe not 1870s right maybe not physically but he could have said to her you can grow up to do all the things you enjoy doing that you think but that, boys can. but that's different than gender yes. identity yes. right 100% 100% but he could have had some kind of conversation with this kid well that's why Laura wants to grow up to be a boy not because she thinks she's a man in her body but she that she wants the same freedom the right <laughs> exactly yeah. Okay, so Charles then starts to tell the story of when he met Caroline, but Laura's passed out with her dinner plate on her lap. Laura's passed out like a lumberjack on payday. <laughs> I love she that is, Like she was hitting the rum shack. Can I also say that those are bush Bush's baked beans on that plate? Yeah. A hundred percent. Canned baked beans for sure. Jenny, I have a question for you. I was hoping for a flashback here. A flashback? Yeah, because Charles started to talk about when he met Caroline. Oh, he starts talking about the Pazba. And I'm like, this episode is an hour and a half. Maybe we get a little bit of Charles, young Charles. So we know Albert plays young Charles. Mm -hmm. Do we think Mary would play young Caroline? Like, do people's kids just that? That would be so stupid. (laughs) I mean, young Charles, or Albert played young Charles, but that's before we know him as Albert. Don't forget. Like, it's not like he's right. cast as Albert for a year and then he plays. That would be really weird. But, like, would Nellie play young Miss Olsen? No. And w- that would be play? the worst casting in time. Would you really ever. put it past them? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. The next morning, they come across a camp with Burl Ives. I have an index card. <laughs> Who is Sam Shelby? Sam Shelby is Burl Ives. Yes. Burl Ives was born in 1909 in Hunt City, Illinois. He's best known to Gen Xers as Sam the Snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in 1964. I think you remember the animatronic. He is that famous snowman. He's been an actor in roles such as Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. He played Big Daddy. That was in 1958. The Big Country. He was Rufus Hannessy. He won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in that movie. However, he's not really an actor. He's a musician, really. So... Most of his career is musical. He was a folk singer and a banjoist. He had his own radio show called The Wayfaring Stranger. I like that name. Yeah. In 1942, he appeared in Irving Berlin's This is the Army and then became a major star of CBS radio. In the 60s, he crossed over to country music. He sang A Little Bitty Tear that was on, he didn't write that, but he sang it, and it was on the True Romance. Oh, okay. um, Yep. The True Romance soundtrack. True Romance reminded me. Because Christian Slater's mm-hmm. in it, Val Kilmer's in it, Gary Oldman's mm-hmm. in it. We should do Dracula. Oh, yeah, I would do Dracula. 1992, that movie I mm-hmm. loved. I have a feeling if I watched it now, I would be horrified. Did you, did you get so the bad. text that I sent you that we should do The Disorderlies? I don't remember that one. Do you remember the rappers, the fat boys? Yeah. They were in it okay. as The Disorderlies. <laughs> okay. It was horrible. Okay, go on. So Burl Ives, he just had this one badass move that I want to mention. From 1927 to 1929, he attended Eastern Illinois State Teachers College. During his junior year, he was sitting in English class listening to a lecture on Beowulf. One of my favorites. (laughs) When he suddenly realized he was wasting his time. Oh, come on. As he walked out, the professor made some kind of snide remark, and he slammed the door, shattering a window. Sixty years later, the school named the building after him. Wow. I thought that was pretty good. Long-awaited revenge. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a long way to go for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> it took 60 years, but he got it. 
Okay. All right. Are you done? Yes. Okay. So they are at the Shelby's and the Shelby's are waiting for a trader to come along. They offer Charles some meat and they are also appalled that he's hunting with a woman. What is going on here? Well, and can I just say Ben, the son, is a terrible actor. He's a Thank terrible God actor. He doesn't know too much, much And he's a total time. dick. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're a father-son. The father is ornery. The son's a dick. He seems to be a recluse. The son yells at him and then goes hunting for a week. Did I summarize that pretty pretty good? Yeah, pretty much. That was it. Later, Charles is teaching Laura how to remember the path they're walking. He points out a weird tree, and then he says, you keep it all in your head on a roll, and to get home, you just unroll it. Okay. And then he talks about, for women folk, it's like remembering a recipe. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I can't. Later, they're setting up camp when they hear something. Charles loads the gun and heads off. He sees an innocent deer, but it's a doe, so he can't shoot it. Charles returns back to camp and leans his gun up against the tree. Super zoom on the gun. <laughs> Literally the loaded gun on the set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Laura is sort of worried about what Edward said, that she's bad luck. And Charles says, Edwards was just joshing her. Isn't that modern? I don't think so. I didn't think it was that old. Pause. <sighs> What's it from? 19th century origin. What? What is it? Where is it originating? Of un, of unknown origin. 19th century <laughs> of unknown helpful. origin. All right. So anyway, he says that um, Mr. Edwards was just joshing her. And he goes, half pint. You're the best luck I ever had. And just as she does that, as he says that, Laura shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens? No, no, no. Is Let's she just leave it at Laura whip- shoots him. <laughs> she whips out the blanket to lay it out and the blanket taps the gun that's leaning against the gun. tree. The gun falls and fires. This happens so quickly, but I mean, that's kind of real realistic. I think fires. And then somehow Charles does a flip in air. <laughs> well, no, I thought he and, got wings. No, he, he didn't, got shot he didn't get what wings. Timmy has told me is the yeah. worst place. The stomach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and the horse. And the yeah. horse takes off because the horse. Mm-hmm. I wrote, oh my gosh, Charles got shot. This is worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> I wrote, oh my God, this is serious. <laughs> then they discuss whose fault this is. I have, a, I have a confession. I have a confession. You know the meme, this is how it started and this is how it's going? Yeah. I tried for way too long to get screenshots of them being happy going into the woods and then Charles lying there bleeding. <laughs> But it was it. a fail. Okay. Jenny runs. I'll try. I'll try to make Jenny that for runs you. all the graphics, guys. I'll try to make that for you. I might have to Photoshop them. So they, instead of Laura being hysterical, they start having this weird discussion about whose fault this was. And Charles. Laura is got to be somewhat. I don't think Laura realizes the severity of what's and happening. And Charles yet. is like, you need to go find the horse because we need to get to that trapper's cabin. She yep. runs off and Charles begs God not to let Laura see him die. This got dark, man. <laughs> like, and then I wrote, wow. like, we need to pause here to discuss Laura's level of hysteria because there isn't one. Well, I think she doesn't know, like, she doesn't realize the severity of what's happening. Oh, I, I disagree. These kids know a lot of shit. I know, but like, 
pause, you know, he's conscious, he's talking. Like, I don't think she realizes how mortally wounded he is. I guess. I would be like a maniac. Oh, I'm sure she's traumatized. We all, but she, she handles shit better than we do. Let's we all know that. how I start shaking and freaking out and cursing like a sailor. This would be, <laughs> I would be crazy. I think it's poetic justice that Laura has to go find this horse twice. Right. And I feel bad because she just cemented her place as favorite kid in the Christmas episode. And then she shoots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For those of you who did not see Christmas on Plum Creek, it's on our Patreon. So go over there and listen to it. It was it was quite interesting. And we searched for an answer. Didn't get one. Right. Or did we? I'm about no, we to didn't. drop a bomb. Give no. Me Give me a drum roll. If this is about I'm Bunny, I'm hanging up. Walk you right into that. Please give me a drum roll. Okay. Look at your text. According oh, no. to three different sources, one of which is Horse Illustrated. Horse mm-hmm. Illustrated. Bunny is the foal of Pat and Patty. From the pilot. Oh, is this the cult that's born? No, because we're okay. This made it worse. Same. So I remember Laura saw the the horse getting born. Yes. Right? Where did that horse go for two fucking years? It was just in the barn, hanging out. It was just in the barn for two years and no one looked at it or mentioned it. We didn't see it every time we saw the inside of that Okay, barn. look. You wanted the origin of Bunny. I got it for you. This is the origin story. Let's let's move on. But this doesn't make any sense. How's it still a pony? They've been gone like three years. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, This made it worse. This made it worse. Good job. And Horse Illustrated, is that the kind of source? Horse Illustrated. (laughs) Laura finds the horse not far from Charles. And she finally manages to wrangle him. It's not easy, but she does it. Back at his final resting spot, Charles is drinking from the creek and looking kind of hot as he rides around on the ground all sweaty. I'm not going to lie. He needs to be swifter with delivering the instructions for Laura here. (laughs) Laura helps Charles to get on the horse. He tells her, just get me to the cabin. And then it all goes sideways. Laura helps. It goes backwards down the hill. Laura gets him on the horse. And immediately tries to take him up a side of a cliff. What is she doing? The horse gets freaked out by, I don't know, a rock. And (laughs) and throws Charles off the horse backwards. Now, there's no way he wouldn't bleed out after that accident. (laughs) The fucking horse is dead. The horse dies somehow. (laughs) How's the horse die? I don't know. So let's review a fall down the side of a hill killed a horse. Yet Charles, who's already already shot, survives this. (laughs) Like he fell like that. There's no way he ripped that open or cause more bleeding. Like there's no way I wrote. How many ribs do you think he has broken in this episode? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like being in a car accident on your way to the hospital, like with a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> so now Charles is lying on the ground, like dying again. I just have in capital letters, another horse accident. Is the horse is dead? The horse, the horse is dead. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go higher level with my summary here. Cause a lot of this is repetitive. 
Laura <laughs> makes her way back to the cabin. And when she gets there, she finds the old man. And guess what, Jen? He's blind. Right. Okay. He refuses to leave the cabin since he can't see. And Laura pleads with him. And I wrote, here's what I wrote. I don't know how this man is going to help. And I'm not writing that because he's blind. Okay. But I get the impression from the character that this man has not been blind long. Like he wasn't blind his whole life. And he hasn't learned really how to cope with it. So like he hasn't learned, you know, just how to acclimate to seeing the world as a blind person. I don't think he's going to be any help. He seems like an ornery bastard. I just wrote, come on, Burl Ives, fucker. Like, help Laura. This girl's like, my father's dying. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if I can help. Dude, do something. Do anything. Okay. So now she drags a blind Burl Ives through the woods. A sentence I never thought I'd hear. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They find Charles and they get him back to camp. And at camp, they're like tending to him. He's not looking good. I mean, he's looking good to me, but he doesn't look good in terms of health. (laughs) And they're talking about like they need the son to come home. But Burl Ives is like, my son's kind of a dick who said he might be gone three days. He might be gone two weeks. We don't know. Well, I have a question. Do they did they remove the bullet or did they just bandage they him just up? Bandaged they just bandaged him up. Yeah. To stop yeah. the bleeding. Okay. So that's just gonna get infected. They need to act, they need to work. Besides the bleeding out part. Yeah. He's also gonna get infected. I wrote, if you don't know when the sun is coming home, just call a cell phone. <laughs> well, where where is there um a t- there's gotta be a town somewhere, right? I feel like it's not close. Yeah, because they have, like, the traders that come by. So they're way out there. So later we see the son, Ben, out with his horse. And he comes across Glover, the trader that they were talking about earlier. Slash wolfman. He's weird looking, yeah. He's a total... He's he's a a wolfman. He's a rando that we don't need. He's also kind of weird looking. He's super weird. Glover says he's dreading going to some smelly man's house. So maybe... (laughs) I know, I know. He did have a funny line, though. He said, the guy is so smelly. If he jumped in the lake, all the fish would die. Okay, whatever. So Ben suggests that the trader go to the Shelby cabin first. And he'd actually be doing Ben a favor because then Ben can stay out as long as he wants. Like Graham would say, ramrodding all over the place. Because he's looking in on the father. I guess. Hi, everyone. Amy and Jenny here. We just want to talk to you today about a giveaway that we're going to be doing. We are going to be asking for your input and surveying our listeners through social media and through our website. So if you don't have social media, you can find our survey on our website, but I will also be throwing it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. Jen, why don't you tell them a little bit about the survey? This is just going to be a quick survey to just get some ideas of things like where you guys found us, what type of content you listen to. Very quick, like three questions, nothing nothing crazy. Uh, we will collect your email address, but that's just to contact the winner. Um, we will have other options there for you to opt into if you want to, but uh, for the purposes of the contest, we will just be contact- using that to contact the winner. So if you could just give us five minutes of your time and give us some feedback, we'd really appreciate it. As you guys know, we've been working really hard to grow the podcast. So we want to know from you the things that you would like to maybe see in the future and how you're finding us, like Jenny said, and and kind of, you know, where we're going to go from here. 
So what are you going to win, you might ask? So as you remember, we were promoting the Bee Gees' How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, the documentary that was on HBO Max, which I heard was great. So we promoted that, and in exchange for us promoting it, they gave us a few albums. And we're going to give them to you. So we have two of these albums, and they are called the Bee Gees' Main Course. And Jenny, tell everybody a few of the songs that are on them. So this has Jive Talking, Winds of Change, Fanny, Be Tender with My Love, Come On Over, Edge of the Universe. Some good stuff. Nights on Broadway. Okay, good stuff. So all you have to do to enter to win one of these albums is to take our quick survey. So I know Amy's is not Amy is not a detail person. So let me give you the details on that. The contest will open January 1st, 2021. And you can, and anyone who enters the contest between January 1st and January 30th will be eligible. It will be a random drawing from all those who have entered. What about people who enter on January 31st? Is there a 31st in January? <laughs> that would be January 31st. <laughs> yes. I love it when she screws up. It's so seldom happens. So fill out the survey between January 1st, January 31st. You're entered to win one of two albums. We have two copies of this. Yep. We actually had three, but we're giving one to our dad because <laughs> like he deserves it. He puts up with us, although not a patron yet. No, no. We were supposed yeah. to shame him about that. We're going to shame mom. him. Neither one of our parents have signed up for our Patreon. That's yeah, we're going to shame them. We're going to shame them publicly soon. All right. So thanks a lot and look for that link. So, all right. The next morning, Charles is clinging to life as Laura and the old man just wait for someone to come by. Jen, did you see the old man offer Charles some whiskey and Laura said, my paw doesn't take spirits? Let's get this straight. This is not the old man. This is Burl fucking Ives. Burl Ives. Well, I say the old man like he's the father. The old man Shelby. Old man Shelby. (laughs) Old man Shelby says, Pa's got the devil, the pain of the devil in him. And he'll be forgiven for taking. Well, and, and if you notice, it's clear that Charles is starting to run a fever. This is not good. Not good. This means infection. Mm Mm-mm. So now Laura comes up with another plan. It's actually a good one. She's going to go to the Edwards meeting spot because, Jen, who could fix this? Laura is a woman of action. She is. And who can fix this? Edwards. Edwards. Who is the only one that can fix this? (laughs) Well, Charles, but he's down. (laughs) Right. Right. That's why Edwards is the only one that can Mm -hmm. fix this. So... Charles is trying to give her directions, but like, on her hand, he's not getting it right. On her hand, on her hand. I have a question. They have fucking pencils. They have pen- They don't have pencils. They don't have a slate somewhere. I don't feel they like they just had to remember this. Well stocked. <laughs> they just had to remember this. They can't. I don't know. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of wing sauce hanging around. Can't they <laughs> use that to like blood? write this out? Yeah, that's not morbid. Your kid shows People up. People just had to remember shit. Mm-hmm. People just had to remember things. Mm-hmm. So Charles decides to send Burl Ives with Laura because Burl Ives has a memory. Again, this is why I think he hasn't lost his vision for a long time because he has a memory of what things look like. Of the area. Yeah. We find out that's fucking useless. Well, it's probably like, (laughs) it's a memory. It could be 10, 20 years old. We don't know. So like things change. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So they're gone five minutes and they're already lost. This is a disaster. (laughs) Well, you missed the part where Burl Ives was talking to himself out by the water barrel and then washing his face and hands in the drinking water. I was losing my shit. He's yelling into the wilderness. He's yelling and washing his hands Mm -hmm. and face in the drinking water. Yep. 
So they go, they're gone five minutes. They're already lost. This is a disaster. And I wrote, this is me trying to figure out sales tax on a grocery order. Like, this is what it's like. You still can't figure out sales tax. Jen, no. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Laura then threatens to abandon the vulnerable and scared old man. <laughs> this this place, there's, they go through so many emotions. She strikes from him and he falls. <sighs> yeah, that was bad. It's not nice. Mm-mm. And then I wrote, do we really need 20 minutes of them wandering around the woods? That was a lot. We didn't like we we get it. They're lost. We yeah. get it. Yeah. So back at the cabin, Jen, Charles is in rough shape. He's bleeding and sweating and coughing. He needs water and he knocks over the water pail. Ugh, for the love of God. And I wrote, just pass out, dude. <laughs> yeah, you think we would have just passed out already? That won't pass out. Like, just pass out. Come on. Just pass out. And I'm just like, this journey is going to take them four days. Like, buckle up, Charles, because they're not coming back anytime soon. Like, my God, I would have never survived. Why are there no roads? I know. What's happening? They're just wandering through the forest. So he goes outside. Charles staggers outside to try to get water and walks right past the drinking water slash bathtub. Slash confessional. (laughs) And starts walking towards the sound of a raging river. Smart plan. Yeah, until he passed out in the river. Jen, did you notice he has weird white shoes on? Like they keep showing his their socks. It looks like he has hospital socks on. Uh, they're like you know they look like big those big thick wool socks. And then oh my god, he falls into the <laughs> river. I just wrote this is a goddamn mess. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, at camp, the trader comes by, but Charles is not there because he's dying in the river. The trader sees the blood-soaked bed. Wait, wait, wait. I had some notes I wanted to do about Pa bleeding out. Okay. Where? In the river. Okay. <laughs> so is this shirtless Pa? I struggled with that. I thought he missed the barrel of water intentionally and was going to Virginia Wolf this shit. Wow. <laughs> you got to put rocks in I mean, they, kind of, they had the rock in the bag. I felt yeah. like that was like foreshadowing. There. So um, the trader comes by then, Jim, but he can't find Charles. Uh, Charles of course. Is in a river. Well, and I, this guy's an idiot because he he's like jumps back on his horse and says, "I have to go look for Ben." No, look for Sam. He's bleeding somewhere. Right, like maybe look around for Sam because the trader saw the blood in the back. Yeah, how yep. far does he think a blind bleeding man got? Look around for him. Like, help him. Instead, he packs up the whole load and all these loaded up horses. No, leave them there. Take a single horse. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Laura and the old man are walking and walking and walking. And, oh, thank God they see Edwards. Thank God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was so happy to see Edwards. Edwards flies into hero mode. And runs to town and gets doctors and horses. And next shot we see, they're all riding up to the cabin to find Charles. But again, he's dying in a river, so no one knows where he is. Well, and I was just like, the R.O.D. Edwards mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. find him. He'll like, find he, him. forget it, he's going to find him. There's no question. Yes. I have a challenge for you. Oh, okay. Do you think you could find your way back to your house if blindfolded in your woods? Fuck No. <laughs> No way. I'm lucky I could find it not one. If I, I, I don't know the woods, so I could tell you what landmarks I see. No. No. 
Jenny, I can't find my way back. I can barely find my way back not blindfolded. (laughs) All right. So Edwards is the one, of course, who finds him. Oh, wait. I want to say something. All the men are in the cabin like, where is he? What happened? Who solves the crime, Jen? The blind man. He's like, oh, wait, there's water spilled here, and it's fresh. Yeah. So he must have went outside looking for water. Well, and then they all fly out of the cabin, and they're not doing an orderly search by mapping off a grid. They're just all flying in every direction looking. Yeah. And, of course, Edwards finds him. Of course. They get him back, and Jen, a competent doctor, works on him. He's like 68% dead at this point. (laughs) And and I'm like, the only reason he has a chance is because it's not Doc Baker. Yes. I wrote the doctor's actually performing surgery, not yep. the old let's see if he makes it through the night. <laughs> yeah, like he actually does real surgery on him. Laura's a nervous wreck because in her experience, doctors don't help at all. They just put you in bed and hope you wake up. <laughs> Laura blames herself and the old man goes outside to pray. And I wrote, this is the most action the Shelby family has seen. Oh my God, <laughs> like in decades probably. The next morning, the doctor wakes up and checks on Charles, and he's dead. Can I tell you that I got I got distracted between Shelby going off in his crazy place and talking to God, and tra- like I lost track of this because I got distracted by a Facebook video that Ely posted, one of our memes. Of what? Of a dude cutting hair with fire and swords. Ooh, <laughs> it was crazy. Is that on her personal page? Yeah. I'll have to look for him. Okay. <laughs> so I got distracted by that. And then I'm like, wait, wait, is Charles dead? Is Charles dead? What happened? Yeah, I decided to make Charles dead. <laughs> Charles is going to be okay. The doctor wakes half pine up and, or Edwards wakes half pine up and they embrace. Then Ben shows up, Jen. And I'm like, too late, douchebag. Can I just say, if you wake up, you live. If you don't wake up, you die. I'm ready for my Hippocratic oath. Okay. (laughs) All right. So then we have a Laura voiceover saying that the doctor stayed with them for five days until the fever was gone. Wow. This guy doesn't have a lot of action. Doc Baker can't even give you 10 minutes of his attention. My question is, what does Caroline think happened? I have that. Caroline must be worried sick (laughs) and great. Yeah. Like they're just gone for a week. Well, Don't forget Edwards wasn't even hunting. Right. He was picking Charles up on his way home from something. So theoretically he was to be home five days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Laura hugs the old man and says, I'll never forget you. And I wrote, she's racking up the old man. She has to remember forever. She's got Jonathan, this guy, and don't forget Amos Pike. Oh, the Pike. Yeah. So, they all ride off, episode over, and then the old man tells his son he'll go hunting with him. So it looks like two lives were saved that day. Yeah. I would have loved to see a scene where Charles and Laura return home and tell Caroline that Laura shot Charles. I was waiting for, like, what's what's going to happen when they get home? Like, they never do that. They always I just know. take it to the resolution of the immediate and that's conflict. Don over. Yeah. Right. There's never any, like, down yep. action. Yep. It's weird. All right, so that was, I summarized that in 40 minutes, and that was an hour and a half episode. I mean, Way too long. There was a lot of crap there that we didn't need to know about. Way too long. I saved you guys a lot of Burl Ives thinks he knows what a meadow is. Oh, he thinks there's <laughs> oh, God. a tree there. There should be a tree there. It should be a small fir. Maybe 20 years ago it was. It's probably a full-size tree now. Laura doesn't know it. Yeah, it was weird. Okay, Jen. Um, Jenny, whose fault is this? 
So this is Charles's fault. You can't leave a loaded gun lying around. Period. I mean, Laura knocked it over, but it could have easily just like the wind could have slipped it off that tree. You know, whatever. Anything could have happened. I have whose fault is this? Charles. He left a loaded gun. Yeah, you just you can't leave a loaded gun laying around. Mm -hmm. That that is recipe for disaster. This leads me. I'm going to do my why first because this is my why as well. Okay. Okay. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on the episode and talk about maybe a theme or an idea or a scar that we took with us from the original viewing or something we saw in the rewatch. And it's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, this is why you don't leave a gun anywhere near a child. Period. Period. Yeah. And I wrote... This sticks out, but so does the Beverly Hills 90210 episode where David Silver's friend Scott shoots himself at his birthday party accidentally. Right, 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 right. Remember, he takes David into the study. He's like showing off the gun. Like even if your kid knows a lot about guns, maybe they do. Like especially at this time, right? Like Mm -hmm. younger kids would. Mm -hmm. They just have a level of clumsiness because their their bodies are growing and they're changing, and like they they just have a level. Like I noticed this. With all kids, they just have a level of clumsiness that adults don't have. It's not even that. A lot of times, guys, I do a lot of work in the gun violence prevention community. I know so many parents whose children were killed by guns accidentally. Um, A lot of times the kid who is comfortable with the gun takes the gun out to show the friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look what I have, blah, blah, blah. Like, I know a guy whose kid died this way. Right. And it, it went off. Like, you should just always have your guns locked up. I don't yep. care if you have guns in your house. Fine. That's your right. But yeah. lock them yeah. up. Yep. Period. And don't be afraid if you're a parent. I've done this to ask people when your kids are going there, if they have unlocked or unsecured guns in the home. Yeah, that's Do fair. it. Do it. It's a fair question. And a lot of times the other parents will be like, oh, no, I'm glad you asked. But, you know, whatever. Or if they do and they're honest with you, then you could say, you know, I'm not comfortable. Why doesn't your kid come here? Mm-hmm. That's all. I'm telling you, it's an uncomfortable question, but it could save your kid's life. Like, this is my, I'm on my soapbox about this. Like, just <laughs> own as many guns as you want. Lock them up. They make beautiful gun safes. There's a Be Smart program through um, Sandy Hook Promise that they will give you a free gun lock. Get a gun lock. All right. Go ahead, Jen. Okay, so my, my why is not as intense. <laughs> um, this is why I'm glad I live in a time where I don't have to remember a goddamn thing. I have 14 devices <laughs> telling me what to do every minute, and I'm loving it. Did you ever see that meme? It's like, um, 1980, I'm so afraid to put my fingerprint in something because the government is watching us. And then 2020, Hey, government, where's the nearest takeout restaurant? <laughs> like, they're just saying it like an Alexa. Like, we have just so embraced technology in our lives. I can't imagine, like, I mean, and I'm not even talking about, like, a smartphone. I'm talking about telephones. Like, telephones yeah. would have helped in this situation, right? Like, that, like, even, like, pick up the phone, call somebody, say, oh, my God, we have an emergency here. Like, they didn't even have that. That's right, crazy. like we know, doesn't Grace work the switchboard? Does Grace do everything in town? Remember when you had to remember phone numbers? Yes. Do you remember our phone number growing up? Yeah. It's I not, understand. it wouldn't be anybody's phone number anymore, right? I don't know. We don't have to give the area code. We could just say it was 347-8306. Yeah. 
Ask me anybody's phone number. I remember it. The area code changed since then. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember a lot of phone numbers. It's weird too, because I remember a lot of phone numbers from that time. Yeah. But nonsense. Nonsense. I don't, I mean, there's phone numbers of my friends that I don't know. Jenny, I don't like, I don't know them. I don't know my kids' phone numbers. Oh, I don't know your kids' phone numbers. I know yours. I think yours, I don't even know dad's. No, I don't either. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do if I'm in a situation where I need to call one of my kids? Well, I have I have a little sheet with those with phone numbers written down, like in my wallet, that if I need oh, I should to call that. like to call people, yeah, because I like if my phone vanished, right. I would never be able to call anyone. I would. I I don't even. No, I. I mean, I know you because of the cloud. Because of the cloud. Thank you, cloud. We have, you know what I mean? If my phone was gone, I have another phone from work. If, you know, if you have your computer, if you have any of these devices, you have access to this information. It's not like it's dependent on one device. Hmm. You just, you know, dad will be proud of you. You just found a safety breach in my life. I need a list of phone numbers in my wallet. Well, what would you do if you didn't have that? And you need, I would call, you just go on Facebook. You just go on Facebook and message. How would you access it? I don't know. You just have somebody go on Facebook and be like, message this person for me. No. <laughs> I, I know my in-laws number and I know moms. I could have them call those people. Maybe that's what I, that's the other thing you need to know is your logins. Cause you could always go to like a community computer and log into social media and contact someone that way. Uh, I guess that's <laughs> help. I'm lost in the middle of the woods, but I'm at a computer. No, you could message me. That's the same as texting me. I get the message in the same place. Right. But how are you going to access a community computer if you're in the middle of the woods? Oh, oh, I didn't. I thought we were just lost randomly somewhere oh. not, in the middle of the woods. I, you're you're fucked. fucked. Yeah, you're fucked in the middle of the woods. But you come across a trader's house and all they have is a landline. You need to call somebody. Yeah, you're, I would, I don't know. I guess, can you call information and get cell phone numbers? I don't even know. I call the police. Call Is information me. still a thing? I call the police. I call an ambulance. Come get me. I mean, you, you, as, as long as you understand the general area, like they knew they had to go south. And then he's like, oh my God, we're going west. Well, you've been walking for an hour with the sun blazing on your face. You don't know you're going west? Yeah. Like, yes, of course you're going west. Yeah. Like you can, when the sun's up, you can tell what direction you're going, unless it's noon, then you don't know what direction you're going in. But as soon as the sun starts to set or rise, you know what area you're in. All right. I'm done with this episode. I want to put it behind us. <laughs> great. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? Season three, episode 11, Blizzard. Ooh. You know this one. Are we doing every episode in season three? I think after this one, we're going to cut down, okay. but this one we have to do because this is one of my favorites. Well, I don't know if I feel weird saying it's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> on Christmas Eve, Miss Beetle decides to surprise the school children by letting them go home early. This proves to be a grave mistake when the kids are trapped by a vicious blizzard outside and none of them can find their way home. As Doc Baker turns the school into a makeshift hospital <laughs> oh shit, for frostbitten victims, the men must brave the extreme weather conditions to track down their loved ones. So another episode where Charles is looking for Laura. Yep. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if Laura is one of the ones that... Oh, I'm sure she is. I think she gets found pretty early, but I'm not sure. Maybe not. Maybe not. She's probably the last one found knowing Laura. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 
Hi everyone, Amy here. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really helps us to grow the podcast. If you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash why. We're also on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. You can find this and all other information, including an email address for contact, at www.genxthisisy.com. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.